Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Predictive Recruitment Podcast. This week, Wendy's been on the phone with business coach and recruitment trainer Nikki Coffin to talk all about how business owners, especially those of you just starting out, can overcome seemingly insurmountable obstacles to growth. As well as being an ex-recruiter, Nikki's an ex-international rugby player, so she knows all about the importance of motivation and preparation if you want to succeed. It's a great discussion. Nikki obviously cares a lot about what she does, and there's lots to take away for you no matter where you are with your business. So here she is, speaking with Wendy. So hi, I'm Wendy McDougall from Firefish Software, and welcome to the latest episode of the Predictive Recruitment Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined this week with um, Nikki Coffin uh, from Centred Excellence. Now, Nikki um, works with specialist recruitment companies right across the globe. Um, She helps recruitment leaders and managers and also independent recruiters to increase their results by some staggering amounts through leadership and management training and performance coaching. So that's the area that she focuses on and we're going to be talking to her today. She is a skilled executive and performance coaching specializing in the NLP. Now I've got to see if I can say this, neuralistic programming. Hopefully I got that right. Um, And Nikki's approach, which is I find quite different to coaching within the recruitment, that she really works with her clients to affect personal change that significantly then impacts in their productivity results and then general motivation, which I think is really interesting. And that's why I wanted to get her onto our podcast. Now, throughout Nikki's career, she's managed and grown large teams. She's a recruiter at heart. I know her personally, and I've known her for a long time. She specialized in executive, both in a contingency and exec level. Um, And also right through from sales at graduate level, investment banking, finance, professionals and technology marketing. So hopefully she's got a little gem for all our listeners um, today. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you very much, Wendy. That's a very lovely intro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all true, and I know it because you're a good personal friend. Um, and also just to sort of let let everybody know as well, I have lots to thank Nikki for too because in my first ever sales job before I went into recruitment, um, I actually ended up working with Nikki. Um, it's ironic that we're both recruiters or went into recruitment after that. You were very kind to me in the very sort of first early days of my sales, and you actually taught me the tricks of the trade as well. So. Uh, it is all true, and I know that from personal um, experience. It's, that seems a very long time ago, and uh, it just, just took me back to when we were whippersnappers, aged 21, 22, so sharing around the country, having a lot of fun. We, we did indeed, and then you decided, so let's start with your career and story there before we get on to what you're doing now. Um, so tell me how you decided to go into recruitment and a little bit about your background um, so we can build up on your experience that you've had to date. Okay so as Wendy said we worked we've worked in the sales environment and we had a fantastic job it was was brilliant it was selling sports tours to schools and universities and clubs and so we we got to travel around the UK but also we we got to go and sample um, the holidays around the world and it's brilliant and also we got given a car which was the main main thing when you're when you're <laughs> young but we um i don't know whether you remember our, our basic salary was barely enough to survive and i remember we had about 20 pounds left a week oh it's terrible like so so although i absolutely love that job it just wasn't um it just wasn't feasible so i went to get another sales job and um went to company down in Kent, who placed salespeople, and they 
to in, into a couple of interviews, and they said, oh, have you thought about recruitment? And actually, I had, but I had no idea how to get into it. And they said, we're setting up a new office. Would you like to interview? So I did, and got the job. And so my first day ever in recruitment, we were in a brand new office. Um, my boss, Andy, and me, brand new area, and brand new, brand new everything. I had really, I think I had a week's worth of training, which was excellent, by the way. And off we went. And I didn't know anything else, and we just started doing really, really well. And so <clears throat> I worked with that business for just under two years, and we got to a level. And this is what, one of the things that happens with um, quite a lot of uh, good, good performers. You got to a level where it's okay, right? I can do this recruitment bit. I got, got a little bit bored mm-hmm. and wanted something different. And then I actually got headhunted by um, a tiny, tiny business. Who were they've been going for six months about two people in that business at the time that did graduate recruitment and they said you know we're looking to grow this business would you like to join us and I'm like great sounds amazing and so I then joined them as a, a BD person selling the graduate recruitment side of things and that was a business called JPA and then pretty much then over the years because it was um it was a blank sheet built that business up over the next eight years and, and we had multi-branches, we had offices in, three offices in the UK, one in Australia and we were we were leading we were leading suppliers in the graduate market plus also um, we, we crossed into Brecht to Rec but we also had IT and public sector divisions and I I suppose I was I was the people, the, the business development side of that so I ran and, and hired and grew those, those people and grew those teams with JPA and in 2009, I decided actually to sell my shares in that business, just for a couple of personal reasons. Mm. And uh, there will be people out there who will, there's certain stages in life where you, not getting bored, but you, you feel like there's, there's more to life. And also, when you've worked, you know, 14 hour days, mm-hmm. 9, 10 years, it can really take a toll. Just to interrupt on that, just to give a wee bit of context as well, because it, you know, it was quite a sizable business this, at this point. Give us a wee bit of context of, you know, how many employees and what were you doing if you're able to talk about finance in terms of, you know, the turnover level, because it's, it's a big decision when you get to that stage. Yeah, so we we had um, about, well, we had 35 people at that size. We, we yeah. mainly did terms. So our, G, our GP turnover was about 3.2 million. Wow. And... Um, and it was all self-grown, so we didn't, um, you know, we had really strong, really strong business. And but our goal was always to grow to sell. And this mm-hmm. is, you know, there's a couple of things that you know you learn having gone through it. That, and there's certainly things I'd do differently now if I've ever done a recruitment business. We had this in our mind that we needed to grow, grow, grow. And you know, there's that saying, you know, profit is is sanity, growth is is, is vanity. And but we were sort of stuck in this, I think, just naivety actually. And so we, we had a really good business, but there were certain things that weren't in place. So when the downturn, and everyone suffered on this, um, you know, it, it really made the question, right, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I decided that, you know, I needed, I actually needed uh, a new challenge. And so I sold my shares. And How did you feel that day? Was that, was that a positive or was that a oh, sort of like, oh, mixed emotions? It was really sad actually oh. I mean, because I was it was good and but it was my baby I mm-hmm. you know I had the most amazing team of people 
um, you know, he'd been working with for years. It was just, it was really hard, actually. And, you know, walking into something where you, like, I hadn't actually knew what I was going to do, um, but I knew that it was the right thing. And it's really amazing how things fall in the right place then just to really sort you out. So I had a bit of an inkling to do a training course. Um, I don't know why I picked it. It's just like it kept coming up. I'm big in the sport world, so I played um, sport professionally for a long time as well as having my own business. And I was always interested in the psychology. My degree was in sports psychology and um, sports science. And I was always interested in sort of the mind and what, what made the difference between the top performing sports person and top performing salesperson. So I decided to do an NLP practitioner course, which is the neuro-linguistic programming, and what goes on internally that helps to create either a top performance or a sub-performance. And um, so I went on this, this course, and it was full of the most amazing people. We had the, the, the global head of HR, Fox Warner, was in, in this group. We had people who were in the Met Police who did internal affairs. We um, had people who were the directors of big banks. It was just an amazing group of people. Wow. And it was like... Somebody just switched the light back on to life. Mm -hmm. Like it absolutely blew my mind what we were, what we were covering. And one of the trainers in there actually came from a, a, a psycho. She's a psychotherapist, so from a healing, healing, um, a business healing background. Mm -hmm. And there was a couple of techniques that we were taught in that. I thought, God, if we'd have had, if I'd have known this as a manager, it would have made a really big difference to my team. So we were dealing with things like people who have main major fears, lack of confidence anxiety, stress, um, and there are a couple of techniques where you can literally just change that forever with, within an hour or an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. and, it, and actually the process, it takes about 10 minutes, it's very effective. So I said, I said to one of my friends, can I practice on you? And <laughs> so we did a session with her, she's an independent actuarial recruiter. I was going to say, is she a recruiter? Yes, good. <laughs> yes. And, and her billings doubled in the next two months. And I'm like, wow. that's really interesting. And, and then... And what what um, was it? Can you share a little bit more of what you asked her to do? or? Yeah, so her, she was really fearful about pitching for retained business. She mm -hmm. didn't think she was good enough. Um, she didn't have the calls with the senior senior people in, in the business. She mm -hmm. didn't have, have the conversations with senior candidates. And so we, whenever you've got a a fear or a block or you've got anxiety, it's actually something that's hardwired, it's patterned within your body and normally patterned from quite an early age. Mm -hmm. Normally something that's that, and it could have been something that somebody said or, you know, your perception of what had happened when you were very young and it basically a neural pathway then gets set up. Mm. And neural pathways are like, if you think about a computer, you know when you plug in you've got the wires, um, you know, like the internet. I'm so glad you started wires. to bring this into computer. It's something I can now understand. <laughs> Why you know, like when plugs. you plug into the internet, you've got the fiber optic cables. Well, imagine yes. you've got like millions and millions of fiber optic cables in your mind that mm -hmm. link to positive perceptions and also negative perceptions. Mm -hmm. If you if you've got something as as, as a young child was perceived as, as a negative, that can create. Um, uh, what we call like a limiting belief or a, a negative emotion. So you're in certain situations and you just clam up or you just get really, uh, you lose your confidence. It's just like it happens from within you. You can't control mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. and you're like, God, you know, why can't I just pick up the phone and, and say that 
person without, you know, mm-hmm. stammering or stuttering or feeling, feeling really awful. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because of this. So we looked at, well, actually, we, we went back to the root cause of that pathway and we repatterned it. And so mm-hmm. it's a bit like a bracelet. <clears throat> if you can unlink one of the chains in the bracelet, the bracelet just will fall off. And so mm-hmm. with these, if you can get one one thing in this change, it blows the neural pathway and then a new one rebuilds. And so after that session, she was just like literally able to pick up the phone to whoever she wanted. And she started to pitch retain business I mean, that she'd never done before. That is so powerful because if you think about, you know, one of the challenges that we have on this industry is to bring new talent into it. You know, you don't go to university and start to being a recruiter. Um, So we are taking people just like you and I off the street in terms of, hey, you've applied for a sales job. Have you thought about recruitment? Um, Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of stars that are created that way. But there's also a lot of people that don't, you know, come into the industry, haven't quite worked out, you know, what the whole job is around because you have to be talented so many different areas but it's very much um you know in in your face you're you're constantly in front of people on the phones you're doing presentations you're interviewing you're putting yourself out there constantly and and some people will struggle with that um so understanding that in this industry um and using those tools could be hugely powerful to help people well it's massive and i think the thing is that every every single person on this earth has got these things that hold them back mm-hmm. there's not one person who doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. there's a um, sort of thing oh, with Nicole Kidman, um, you know, about somebody who's, who's done some analysis on her, and mm-hmm. she's a high, you know, she's a highly anxious person, but, you know, they, it's almost like you've got the external persona, this is who I am to the world, but then behind that is actually the real you, and there's yeah. lots of different things that maybe stop you from, and we're talking about performance here, but actually it's more, for me, it's about being at peace with yourself, it's about mm. being happy. Mm-hmm. It's about living um, a day-to-day life that you truly and absolutely love, because mm-hmm. that is there on offer for everybody. But then there's mm-hmm. these like gremlins that sort of jump in and put you off it. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, you can change these gremlins. That that's my biggest thing. And so when Sophie was um, the first lady I worked with, and then I've had um, a couple of guys who were referred to me who are in IT recruitment. Mm-hmm. consultants one who was doing about 6k a month working really hard couldn't get over that 6k barrier and another guy who hadn't built for nine months but again was working really hard and the md said look we've run out of ideas for what to do with this guy we want to keep him can you help mm-hmm. and a couple of sessions with them and it, it was it, it was literally like magic um and the md is like what on earth have you done and I'm going to use this terminology, it's not necessarily positive, it's a bit like a white witch. You know, how have you managed to get them to do this? <laughs> the 6K guy then build 18, then he build just below 30, and then he build 42. Ah, brilliant. And he consistently build at that level. And the guy who hadn't built for nine months started billing again. You know, nothing yeah. major, but 10 to 15K consistently every single month. And again, we dealt with things like lack of confidence, what was going on internally and stop them from really being proactive and picking the phone up and having those conversations. Mm -hmm. What what great insight though for that manager to actually instead of give up on them I mean nine months with no billing you know a lot of people in the industry after we've come through the tough times would be like right that's enough you're out move on Um, and that's what we've actually got to start to do in this industry if we can't get talent we've got to start investing in the candidates we've got or the employees we've got so to actually take that approach 
um, and get that result is super, really, really good. Um, and and I, I'm it, presuming... Just something I'd like to say on that, though. There's the type of person that you want to invest in and the type of person that you don't. Ah, so good. if you've got somebody who's working really hard, who's really committed, who's working the hours, who, who is what we call like a sponge, so they... They're open to co coaching, they're open to learning, they're open to taking on board feedback and then changing. Mm -hmm. Those people, even if they're not performing, are the ones you want to invest in. The ones that you don't are people who um, basically go, yeah, 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 I know what, what I need to do. You've given me this kick, kick up the butt, and then they go back to the desk and don't change anything. They're very negative. They mm -hmm. blame everybody else for things that, um, that are happening. They don't take action. Mm -hmm. So... And, and they're underperforming. Those guys are the ones that you want to get out of your business as quick as possible. That that might be what I I, I picked up in a phrase I loved on, on some of your your web literature and stuff is you know recruiters need to become coachable. Um, and I and I think that's that that's hugely powerful in what you're saying as well. It's like we've got to be able to open the door, let somebody in, in order to actually help us change. Is that what you're meaning by that? Totally, and this is <clears throat> is a big thing. It's the sponge versus what we call a closed mindset. And Clive Woodward, who is the uh, manager who took the, the rugby team to the World Cup win, he was big on this. And he said, if you look at um, the top performers, they've, they've all got this um, inbuilt need to continually learn and progress. And so if you take somebody like Michael Johnson, who's the basketball player, when he was originally... You know, he was a, he was an average basketball player as a kid, but it was absolutely crucial for him to get better. And he literally got coached, took on more feedback, practice, practice, practice. Mm -hmm. um, but he had a very open mindset. Now, closed mindset people, they they will be quite skilled, but they get to a level. But because they are not open to learning better ways or tweaking what they're doing, they will then never get beyond that. And you know, we were having a conversation with a guy yesterday. He's like, you can't tell me anything more about the tennis market that I don't know. Now, <laughs> I know for a fact it's not true because there will totally be things that we can see because we're outside of his mm -hmm. world that he could be improving to make better. But because he's got that mindset, you can't teach me anything. And we're not talking about teaching. We're actually looking at coaching within you, but showing right these tiny tweaks within your business that, you haven't noticed because you're so engrossed in it that mm -hmm. actually if you focus on it will double or triple your business um but there's some people who are open to it and other people who aren't and the ones yeah. that aren't open to changing you just can't help them you yeah. know it's just got to be something internally that, that comes from them let's look at that just because that's really interesting as well in terms of um your average client so let's just take uh, i think a banding that you sort of work with quite a lot is sort of the 10 to 30 employees um i know you do like 10 to 50 employees as well but let's look at the 10 to 30 employees so how would you you know if somebody was thinking about right this sounds great um I've got a mix. I've got some A players, B players, C players. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure. We're not just not achieving. We know the market's in growth mode. I should be getting a minimum of, you know, 20% growth year on year right now. Um, I'm, I'm achieving that, but I know I'm just growing with the market. So I want to be doing, I want to be smashing it. I want to be doing more. So, okay, how do I get more out of my resources? So I might give you a call. Can you talk me through then how yeah. would you help that manager owner and what would you sort of start to work through? The first thing we look at is what's stopping them from getting where they want, what they feel is stopping them moving forward. 
and um is that the owner you would work with well, or the, the individuals yeah, it, it always yeah always 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 starts with the owners and whenever you've got a top performing business look at the leader <laughs> a business that isn't um, it's never our fault nikki <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing when you change what's going on internally for you everything externally will change yeah. for you including your entire business yeah and so we always start with the leader and we look at it from two very separate angles we look at it from business process Mm -hmm. Like what are the facts telling us? We do like a proper analysis on what's working, what's not working, and then we look at the individual and say, right, what are the things that you feel are holding you back? And we then coach through them. We either choose very simple change work or even some deep deep seated change work. But we mm -hmm. then combine that with what we call sort of solution focused. We then look at right, what processes need to change? What do you need to take off off your to do list that will free you up? so mm -hmm. that you can be focusing on the more important things. Because what we find is most business owners, this would be a typical type of uh, scenario. They've been top billers for years, thought, right, I can do it on my own. They then set up their own business, and they do very nicely for a couple of years, sometimes you know, nine months they're doing very nicely, and then they're like, right, I need to grow because I've got too much business. But they haven't got the knowledge or the skills because they've been taught on how to then properly set up a business. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is they then hire people and they're still billing and there aren't enough ads in the day. They're then mm -hmm. having to do accounts, debt chasing, all of that malarkey. But they're then getting, you know, they just put more and more and more on their plate until they burst. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we then look at is, right, who do they need to get around them to support them? So they're delegating stuff or they're outsourcing stuff, which needs to get done, but not by them. And then to free them up that they can then spend time finding good people onboarding and, and developing them. And so, very crudely, that's the journey. But there are different sort of stages as you go through sort of levels of growth. So I think the first, first hurdle is to get to 10 people, mm -hmm. then it's 20, then it's 40, and then it's beyond that sort of 80 and then 120. So at each level, there's different challenges that you face. And we have people at all levels, we have groups at all levels, but they're there's similar conversations, and then there are also different conversations that mm -hmm. we have. But fundamentally, it always comes back to if the leader's on form and, and feeling good and just generally within themselves, they're elite performance, the business will be absolutely fine. And I can so relate to everything you've said there. I mean, it sounded like you were describing me and um, one of my businesses as well, where you just you just feel that you are doing 16-hour days and you're on that sort of hamster wheel and just going round and round. And it's just such a, you know, nobody can be energetic that day when you just keep going. And, and then you start to look for rewards and you're thinking, I don't even have any rewards around here. It's all just getting plowed back into the, the business. And it can be so mind-destroying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've been there, I've been be there. Like it's oh gosh. Yeah. So, but taking that step out and actually having somebody to to guide you through that, I think, is very valuable. Um, and I know it would have helped me in my business more. And uh, and it actually, I you know, I, I did work with a coach as well, and I definitely saw that that helped. But just having somebody, I mean, the thing I look at, you know, you've been quite um, modest in that you've been talking about elite sport, but you know, I can also share, you know, you were a top performing um rugby player, female rugby player, and you you know what it's like to um you know compete at that level of sport. Now we wouldn't we would just expect at a young age, if you're going to do a sport, you would have a coach. 
so why earth do we not think about this within business you know um and that sort of difference there is is definitely somebody just to keep you going um it's not that you don't know everything and you need to get you know that that person that uh, said you can't tell me anything about temp. I mean, I I was sort of laughing at that, um, but but it's not that you're a coach is meant to tell you what to do. A just coach will maybe find you the path. Would that be how you look at it? Yeah. What happens? We get so engrossed in the day to day stuff, we miss. You know, it, it becomes then unconscious <clears throat> churn, and we miss actually the stuff that we need to be focusing on because we're just mm -hmm. caught in this mess. And what a coach does is it's almost like imagine you're in this thick wood and you can't see a way out. They will like literally plug you out of that wood and go, right, these are the two things that you need to be focusing on mm -hmm. based on the analysis. Forget everything else. These are the two things I want you to well, me sometimes I, I actually encourage one thing. Um, you know, what's the one thing that if you focused and became a master at it would increase your, your business by forty Mm -hmm. and plus, plus, plus. And that's the thing that we look at getting totally embedded. And just you need, the thing is, it's a change of habit because you have to start saying no to a lot of stuff and it creates chaos. You know, you know there'll be a lot of emails that you're not getting back to, but it's not business critical. So mm -hmm. It's being able to hold your, hold your calmness in that, going, no, this is what we need to be focusing mm -hmm. on. And it's, I mean, hence the reason why I have, I actually have two coaches because they can see things in my business I haven't even noticed because I'm just so stuck in it. And they will then pluck it out and go, right, do this, and then the business grows, you know, 60% year on year. It's just, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It mm -hmm. really is a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. The other thing on that, like, I invest heavily in myself. As as a top elite sports person would do, they, as you say, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to do what they do at that level. And or expect the results. Coach, you know, it's just like you wouldn't expect results yeah. in sport without having, you know, two or three coaches on your nutrition, your strength, your, you know, uh, performance. So, yeah. But it's also this thing about holding you accountable. And, um, you know, a coach will push you further than you'll push yourself. And a lot of business owners, because they're only accountable to themselves, it's almost like, oh, you know, it's okay if I don't quite hit that target because it's me, you know, it's me who's, who's going to suffer, and it's, it's not that important. Whereas a coach would actually go, no, come on, let's let's do this. Yeah. And we have actually group programs where you have other people in the group who hold you accountable too, which mm -hmm. is phenomenal. So what I was going to say there is, so I invest a lot of money in me, but it's like it's the ROI. So I know if I invest a certain amount with my coach, that will give me at least thirty pound ROI for every pound I spend. And so it's a no-brainer. And it's that type of mentality that some people struggle with because they're like, well, I'm going to invest in my team and my consultants. I'm like, no, get yourself sorted mm -hmm. first and mm -hmm. then that other stuff will come. And But they're like, well, they're more important. I'm saying, no, you're, it's almost like you're the golden goose, you know, at Willy Wonka. Um, mm -hmm. If the golden goose isn't fit, then no more golden eggs can be laid. <laughs> so make sure... Make sure that um, that golden goose is fit and healthy and, and thriving. I think that should be the, the theme of this podcast is like, you know, owners, stop putting yourself second best. 
because the company needs you to put yourself first. And I am so guilty of that too, because we always, I mean, I, I don't know if there'll be other people sharing that. I'm never paying myself as much as I'm paying everyone else to make sure, because I keep thinking, if I can just get them to do this job, then it means I don't need to do it. Um, but we need to start to think about investing in ourselves as owners as well, because you're so right. You know, if you have the energy, your business will thrive. Yeah, I've got loads and loads and loads of examples um, of clients who, we work with where that has given them that again and again you know significant growth um year on year because they've you know they're sorted yeah yeah Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm just looking at time and unfortunately, because I could go on and talk about sports and coaching and recruitment for, for yeah, for ages and ages. Um, but just to summarise on that, if I was relating to this and thinking, yeah, I actually need help. How can somebody reach out and find you, Nikki? Yeah, there's many different ways. Either you can email us um, at Nikki, N-I-C-K-Y, at censoredexcellence.co.uk or go onto our website and you can request one of our team to call you. I've done a quirky spelling with Centred Excellence. It's C-E-N-T-R-E-D, excellence.co.uk. I'm glad you and, said um, that. that. I, I didn't even notice. <laughs> and there's loads of free resources and, you know, podcasts to help you out. You know, on our blogs, we've got some great top tip videos. So that even if you just, you haven't got the cash to invest, there is tons of stuff on there that you can use just to get you, get you going for free. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of that um, and I, I hope everybody has sort of got a little bit I know I've taken some stuff from that as well um, and just even to relate to some of the stories because I'm thinking there yeah and it's just to remind yourself that you can change things but in order to change it you've got to look at yourself first um, so thank you so yeah. much um, and if anybody does want to reach out to Nikki I can highly recommend it thank you so much Wendy it's my pleasure oh pleasure thanks again Nikki bye-bye